<laughs> I don't know why I always giggle when we have to like read lines. But. Are we all close to ready? Hi, I'm Webmeister Bud. I'm DJ Boitano. I'm Art Aronson. <laughs> Calm down, Art. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Surprise. god! Rise, stupid energy that you guys have. Let's do Kirsten's lines later. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> post. God, this is gonna go great. Hi, I'm Webmeister Bud. I'm DJ Boitano. I'm Art Aronson. Nope. What the fuck? <laughs> what? Okay, You're let her go. Your fucking name. Let her go before Art. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Webmeister Bud. I'm DJ Boitano. We switched, I'm Art Aronson. Switched, I'm Kirsten James. No, but we switched the line. I know what I did at that time. Okay, 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 okay. Do it. Hi, I'm Webmeister Bud. I'm DJ Boitano. I'm Art Aronson. We're we switching the line. I thought we switched them back. Let's switch it back. Let's switch it back. Art first. Okay. Hi, I'm Webmeister Bud. I'm DJ Boitano. I'm Art Aronson. Oh fuck. Today on the Geek Up Podcast, Untitled Goose Game finally has a release date, and I don't know if anyone is excited about that besides me. Art is. Early reviews are in for Joaquin Phoenix's Joker movie, and they're pretty good. We also have a website dedicated to whether Spidey is back in the MCU or not. And once you check into that Star Wars hotel, you can't check out for three days! It's a trap! <laughs> yes, thank you! That was perfect. Uh, I'm a pretty good Admiral Akbar impression. No, that was I great. Any good ones, but that one. Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a geek. The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. This is the Zones Geek Out podcast, episode 49. We record this a day early. It's Wednesday, September 3rd, 2019, because it's Campus Crawl this week, and we were out at uh, Lansdowne, Camosun Lansdowne yesterday, and we're going to be out at uh, Interurban tomorrow. So we're recording the podcast a day early. I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the Morning Zone. It's actually September 4th, but... Oh, crap! <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure this is still going to come out on Friday. Oh, soon. Man. oh yeah. Yeah. Forget everything I said. Thank you. I wrote this last... Oh, man. We're at Camosun Interurban yesterday. Yeah, that's it. Hey, I'm DJ Boitano. I'm back from vacation, and I want to do a 15-minute preamble before we get to Paul Pazino here. Because uh, I want to agree with Paul and Kirsten that it's technically it's not reading. <laughs> oh, my God. But I'm also not an elitist in that I, I don't fucking read books. I'm sorry. I, um, and also, you can drink a hamburger. I think the analogy really should be that if it's it's kind of like... You know, somebody that doesn't have teeth. You can't chew on hamburgers, so you can put it in the blender, and then you'll then you'll drink it. And the same thing with audiobooks. What if you don't have eyes? Oh, I guess there's Braille. But, uh, but, but you know. <laughs> Whoa. Brian, so, that's a hamburger that's... smoothie. It's different. <laughs> I've done it. It's gross. You cannot eat a hamburger. Drink a drink hamburger. Drink a hamburger. What? I'm Paul Bacino. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Oh, my God. Yeah, I listened back to that last week, too. But we should have been way harder on you for sticking up for this viewpoint that audiobooks are equal to and the same as reading. You should have been way harder on me. You called it having the participation ribbon. It is the 
that. It's worse than that. Uh, Absorbing information through reading it off your eyeballs, comprehending it and sorting it through in your brain is different from a nice voiced woman coming into your house and spoon feeding it into your ears. It's so different, totally different. Maybe doesn't mean that it's better or worse. It's better. Oh my god. It takes more effort. Let's leave this alone. It is better. You know who I, I can't believe that you take that stance, bud. That it's the same. I love that you absorb audiobooks. That's nice for you. <laughs> I would do them word. too. It's not a bad thing. You know what else is worse if you're doing a hierarchy of activities? Laying on the couch your hands in your pants, watching a stupid movie on a TV, but also looking at your phone. And guess what I do the most? That. So I'm not like being elitist. I'm just saying it's different and there's a hierarchy. My name's host Erickson. <laughs> yeah, you know who the Thank smartest you. person in this room Thank was after you. I was listening to this podcast? I was like, smartest person in this room is actually Art Aronson for staying the fuck out of this conversation. <laughs> right. Art, have an opinion about that. Where do you side? I said that I don't really care, and I'm going to stay with that. Brian's right. You've taken the best position. <laughs> Kirsten. Hi, I'm Kirsten James. Yeah, I had something else to say about the reading thing. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. The reason why I wasn't harder on oh you, bud. But you had, like, this sad face, like, that we'd, like, ruined yeah. your reading slash not actually reading existence. And, like, I don't want to be that mean to you because you looked so sad. Well, thank you for having home. some mercy on me. Cradling his CD box out of Harry <laughs> Potter's that he bought in uh, This threatened to derail the last podcast, and it's threatening to derail this one as well. Yeah, can we just move the frick on? Oh, my God. Untitled Goose Game. Does anybody know what this is? Yes. Good, because you're a geek, and I would hope you would know. Uh, in 2017, a game called Untitled Goose Game from a four-person studio called House House in Australia was announced to come out in 2018. Obviously, that didn't happen. It's being published by Panic, a little shop in Oregon, Portland, Oregon, who are the people behind the little yellow one, uh, uh, black and white hand crank game? The fucking crank? Oh, the play no, date, no. Play date no. console. Said, yeah. Wait, they're how just, much was the crank again? It was 150 US dollars. <laughs> they're just they're just publishing the game. The people in Australia came up with it. Panic is just uh, publishing. They're just putting some money behind it. Mm -hmm. So in this game, you are the goose. The X button does nothing but honk, and you wander around this idyllic little neighborhood, and you have a to-do list. You have things to do, like steal the the uh, steal the caretaker's hat, for instance. So when the caretaker is taking a break and takes his hat off and scratches, you honk at him. He drops his hat. You take the hat, and then you scratch an item off your to-do list. So you're just a you're just an innocent little goose trying to get through your day by annoying everybody else in the village. And this just sort of took on a weird cult status by being. A game about a goose, and uh, the the reason I talked about it this week on the Geek Out is because it finally has release date, which is a couple Fridays from now on the twentieth of September. Every goose has its day. <laughs> is that the actual tagline? No, but it should be. The yeah. You get at me, panic. The give actual, me one of those cranks. The actual tagline, I believe, is "It's a lovely day in the village, and you are a horrible goose." Wow. Okay, the thing I want to expand on with your weekly Geek Out, is, because I did hear it with Dylan and Jason, um, is your knowledge of the goose language and your understanding of their syntax and their <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah, it just takes practice. I did a paper uh, between the ages of 14 and 16 and uh, geese would fly overhead all the time and uh, they would they would talk and I would listen and eventually I would talk back and I think we got a pretty good uh, pretty good rapport going. 
the geese. It's like I... that police officer the other day that was trying to get the geese off the road in downtown Victoria, and he was right. honking at them. Yeah, exactly. Did you see yeah. that video? Oh yeah, he was oh, I know that. Him. I know that. Oh, guy. he was quacking at. You know that guy? I know that. Guy. You should connect him and Bud and see if they can talk together. <laughs> that video was rad. Have a goose conversation. Get off the road, ducks. Quack quack. <laughs> This is like so. This is like a, of the vein of like Goat Simulator. Like basically, mm. I can create a game with an animal, and it will go viral, and people will fucking buy it because it's ridiculous and silly. Yep, absolutely. Especially if that. you call it Untitled Goose. Untitled. That's yeah, what has that's me. the thing. Well, and for, Goat Simulator. Yeah. Like exactly. we just need a cool guys. Everybody think what's a cool animal, and then let's name it a cool name. A generic, you know. It can't be cats because there was already that cat game that you talked about, Paul. Yeah. It can't be dogs. And that's why there are go- goat and goose games out there. Yeah. You think it'll be fun? Maybe something more exotic. I think it, from the trailers, it certainly looks fun. Um, you know, and it's it's not going to be a very expensive game. I think it's going to be about 20 US kind of thing. So. That's expensive. 20 US no, no, dollars? No, no. Hey, it's going to be a free download. First party Nintendo Switch games are 80 bucks in, in Canada. No, so. I understand. But I'll like, pay $80 for some Mario. <laughs> yeah. $20. For a goose, this should be free. This should be. I, this, I was thinking it would be like maybe like five ninety nine. Okay, five ninety nine. Sure. If you for the saw novelty. the goose game like in a mobile app store on your phone, and you were like six dollars, you would be like, no, <laughs> this is free. This should be free. Yeah, agreed. These uh, these geek cuts are going well of late. This is great. I'm feeling good. <laughs> feeling feeling good. Feeling confident in my own skin. Um, let's let's. Uh, Let's, t- let's type in the website. Is Spider-Man back in the MCU yet? Dot com. The answer is no. This is like that website is Mercury and rec- retrograde. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there, and I, I meant to look for um, more of these because there there have been a whole bunch of these. Is some like is it Christmas yet? That kind of thing. There's another one that I've seen like for my pregnant friends that's like, have you had that baby yet? And it's huh. just like, it always says no. It's Hilarious. Like, Until you have it? Well, no, no, it always says no because you just like send it to people. Oh. You're just like, look here. Have you had that baby yet? No! So the website is pretty easy to hack. So if I go to uh, yes.png afterwards, we can see what uh, what it would be, which is the uh, the Daily Bugle headline. <laughs> He's back! back. Masked Menace back. returns! But other than that, it's the picture of the Spidey suit in the garbage. And but see, and the reason I brought that up is because that's all I'll need now. Because my ever since, I think ever since Art first brought me the news and I Googled it, now I'm getting the fucking clickbait headline oh, articles yeah. um, on my Facebook feed of like seven things Sony doesn't want you to know exactly. about the Marvel deal. All the people's reactions to Spider-Man. Tom Holland says this, and it somewhat relates to Spider-Man. And did you know that Spider-Man is not in the MCU? <laughs> it's like fuck. Ah, the this. worst. I hate clickbait bull. Yeah. So yeah, right now you just refresh the page and it says, "Nope, Tom Holland believes that Spider-Man is safe in Sony's hands." And, uh, yeah, that's all the website does, and uh, ultimately, you know, it will supposedly change. The Twitter is good. The Twitter uh, just has answers like, no, still nope, that's a no. No, he's still gone. No, crying emoji. Is Uncle is Uncle Ben alive is the answer <laughs> to is Spider-Man back in the MCU yet. <laughs> that's harsh. Negative. No, no, no. Why not? Uh, big no. 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 So, yeah, that's where we're at. That was great. That was a really good. Um, it was like a blast. Out. Yeah, that was a lot more of a pop opening than, with your soda stream than anybody else. Uh, See, yeah. Sparkle Boys. Yeah, yeah. Sparkle Boys. What, what were they before? Fiz- Spicy water. Spicy water. Now it's Sparkle Boys. Yeah. 
Paul Plastino's noisy I'm trying to convince pop. Paul to buy a Sparkle Boy. A soda, oh, you're calling soda your Soda Stream a, a Sparkle Boy? Yeah. I had one. They were pretty great. Mm-hmm. So we'll stick with the Marvel news for a moment. And in Italy, they built a statue of Iron Man. And it's pretty nice, too. It is. Wait, it's can I see this? Yeah, yeah, sure. It's got the whole, he's like crouched down and his fist is in the ground kind of thing. Is it like, uh, do you think to scale like the size of an actual Iron Man? Thanks for those charades to say imbignate, um, Kirsten. Here it is much bigger. Um, well, what the hell, Italians? Also, yeah, I love is it. its final resting spot did the middle they, of this crosswalk? Did they just I like, not, disable but... some, uh, dismantle someone's Ferrari <laughs> to like, make that? It is very shiny. But if they make was... those in Italy, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an Italian car. Um, if they had done it with, like, it looked like a big action figure, or it was like the colors of the Iron Man suit, it would look like gaudy and cheap and shitty. But like, this is actually kind of nice. Yeah, we have a sort of a single color, looks like a gold tone, low poly sort of render of it. So it's kind of chunky, catches the light really well. And yeah, it's just him in his kneeling pose with one fist in the ground and the other up in the air, and. That's pretty cool. Did somebody just like, does some Italian just like go rogue and make this and put this in the middle that's, of a That's a, what I'm wondering. Is this like, like public dollars? Yeah, or like, is this what? private funding? <laughs> like, well, like what's the money for this? It's on a crosswalk right now. <laughs> Which I'm sure was just for promotional purposes, but uh, yeah. I wonder if it'll stay there or where it'll go. It's funny. Yeah, good questions are like, is this publicly funded? My grandmother actually, who is very Italian, there is a word in Italian specifically for shitty public art. <laughs> wow. Because, you know, the Italians obviously take their art quite seriously and and you know, like and then when she's living in Canada now, just public art across this country is such trash usually. It's hey. like the fucking poodle dog on a <laughs> stick in and Vancouver. What's that? I said literally and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like trash. It's awful usually. And I mean, this at least is something that people like. It's something that the highest grossing group of movies of all time is about. You know, it's like people, some people are going to like it. Can you imagine if this was in the city of Victoria, though? Like, we get enough, like, problems about, like, rainbow crosswalks, ping pong tables, <laughs> Iron Man. Like, oh, my God, people would go you nuts. You put it where the John A. McDonald statue was? <laughs> oh, my God, that'd be amazing. Yes, that is exactly what we need to put in, like, who stands for anything Sponsored better than Iron Man. Sponsored by the Geek Out Podcast. Right? <laughs> so it's titled, get us on the map. Yeah. <laughs> it's, titled Man of, it's titled Man of Steel, and it was sculpted by Danielle Basso. Man of Steel? You can't call that for the ultraverso art exhibition that opened on august 9th yeah it is, is that, weird that it's called man of steel it's it's certainly weird that's, that's the wrong one. That's, that's the wrong one um, it's lost in translation maybe in maybe in <laughs> italy they don't refer to spider-man as the man of steel superman or superman iron man. sorry I'm <laughs> oh sorry Batman. so many things man of steel iron yeah whatever that's so funny. <laughs> yeah iron man of steel Anyways, those are fun little Marvel non-stories. Now to some real news. Um, very interesting news about uh, Halcyon, the uh, the giant Star Wars hotel. That so it's fourteen hundred dollars United States dollars per person. That's like estimated. They don't. They yeah, well, of course. Yeah, yeah. Wait, um, is this the place that Kirsten's going to? No, 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 no. no, no. Yeah, yeah, I'm rich, by the way. Three days, two nights. That is the only length of stay you can choose. The windows are screens, as you guess, as you guessed, Paul. Right. There will be meetings. There are no uh, kid-free areas. Uh, it's all it's all family, even the the bar, and you cannot leave. So there, this is incredible. This is insane. This is insane. This is insane. This is insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I love it so much. It's like, no, no. If you want to come and pretend you're on a spaceship, 
You're going to pretend you're on a spaceship. And you can't leave a spaceship and go for a walk outside and go to Disneyland, which is a block oh, away. that's what this is. Yeah. It's you pretend it's you're on a cruise ship in space for three days. So it's a three-day cruise. You're going to live inside this thing and yeah. you can't I leave. thought it's like they have a minimum stay duration, like that you can't no, you check you can out. only stay three days. That's yeah, you like can't stay it. longer or shorter. Three oh. days. And I'm sure they're not overlapping people. I'm because sure it's, there's, like, it's like an Tuesday immersive, or yeah, Friday. It's like an immersive experience. So it's like you come on and you dock and you meet with like whatever the first order or whoever spaceship you're going on. And then you get shown to your room and then like it's immersive and like apparently... Uh, spoilers! If anyone listening has fourteen hundred dollars and are going to go do this, do this apparently, uh, apparently, like Kylo Ren's going to show up at some point, and like you're going to like have to hide. Like it's a, an immersive, like three day, like almost play, I guess. There's going to be the score going as you walk through different like, areas. And, so it's like, and, a, like, it's like yeah, a murder mystery. There's fucking meetings you have to go to. Which <laughs> what? So this is perfect for you, though, Kirsten, because basically it's an escape room. Try and get out of this one. Come on, Kirsten, let's Can do this. Can this not be an email? 14. <laughs> Why are we going to meetings in space? I'm guessing the paperwork for this is just obnoxious oh, before. Oh, you kidding me? Yeah, Absolutely. So Absolutely. you do get you do get one day out at, uh, so you go to the outpost of Batu, which is uh, the... Ah, yeah, really? So, it's like, it's like <laughs> land? Yeah. You're like, okay, we're there, yeah. and you can leave? Sure, And you leave. go through like a special like pod to get there. Ah! <laughs> and then you spend however much time on Batu, and then you have to come back. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that would be pretty cool, actually. See all that in that market. Fourteen hundred dollars yeah, a person. A person. Yeah. Jeez. Fuck, I'm assuming that's got to include food, right? Like one would oh. hope it's kind of like all inclusive. Yeah, like, like an all inclusive cruise. Beyond yeah. that, yeah, no, good call, right? Like it is. If they're treating it like a cruise, even if it's a space cruise, darn well they should be feeding you. Because what can I? <laughs> Money does a cruise cost? Probably around the same thing. Probably for three days. Actually, go out no, the actually, ocean. yeah, that's more of a seven-day cruise kind of thing. <laughs> oh, I'm so down. This is so stupid, and silly, but I want to do it. So I bet badly. you this place is going to be packed too. Like they're going to fill it up. That's sure. it. Like maybe if it was less expensive, like I would be so down. Like a three-day all immersive Star Wars experience. Cool. But I also want to be that, that guy price. that tries to do the late checkout thing and has a bunch of stormtroopers showing up at my door <laughs> and, like, <laughs> kicking me out. Let's go. <laughs> Is that American, too? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, my God. That's $2,000 almost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. I Incredible. want it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Paul wants it. So, I have not seen Solo a Star Wars story. I feel very bad about this, but I feel worse. It's your fault. Yeah, it's your yes. fault. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Why haven't you seen it? And I queued it up last night to try to watch it. If they had had again. your $12, we could have had the Obi-Wan movie and they wouldn't have canceled all the movie. That's it. Oh, for I see. It's my, oh, right. I didn't, I didn't add to the uh, initial weekend of, uh, of box office yes. receipts. So, <laughs> and I'm, I'm kicking myself for multiple reasons, but mostly after reading this article about the... And really, all it is is in the headline. The Obi-Wan uh, Kenobi TV show will be set uh, eight years after Revenge of the Sith. Thank you for that. And what I learned in that article is that Darth Maul comes back with robotic legs in Solo, a Star Wars story. I had no idea. Sorry, spoilers. But he, he's also back in Clone Wars. So if you watch Clone Wars, he comes back. In yeah. What season? I think it's like five oh, or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm like way, he goes, gets yeah. like the witchy sisters and they like bring... Darth Maul back to so that's like how in, he in body or with robot legs with robot, robot legs. legs okay yeah yeah, yeah. sure sure Darth yeah. Maul has a brother too he has a brother oh, it's man. a great story and arc, it's Ray so. Park it's the actor who played him in episode one so I'm like I love that character I thought he was the only 
only good thing about episode one myself. That's, so, the, um, that's the stinger at the end of, of Solo, is that brilliant. he's back. So, brilliant. Yeah. No, I love it. Is that's that what great. they're saying? Is that he then Ray Park again is going to come back with the robot spider legs to fight him? Well, if you do this, obviously, that's, right. you know, especially if it's a stinger at the end. Yeah. Because that's already also been done in the Clone Wars, right? Yeah. Like, again, I don't watch that Clone Wars show, but when I hear about certain things happen that are supposed to be a big deal, I'll look just dial them up on YouTube and that's how it goes. Spoiler alert for Clone Wars the whole arc of Darth Maul, he comes back, he's got his robot legs, he wants revenge on Obi-Wan for cutting him in half and then they fight for 13 seconds and then Obi-Wan just kills him again. It's the exact same, okay? <laughs> like in the desert it's a cool scene and everything yeah. but and I actually really like that it's not like some big ultra epic wave in your lightsaber around a battle fight. It's just a really quick one, two, three, and then it's over, which is nice. It feels emotionally weighted rather than a bunch of doing a bunch of flips and shit, which I hate. So, so it's interesting. So, what what are they just going to do that again and work it into the live action show? Sounds like. And you should really watch the Clone Wars. The Clone like, Wars is, is so good. It's so good. It's like maybe one of the best Star Wars properties. I don't know how you can't get behind and it. It really. I think it really um, it Sorry. redeems Anakin Skywalker. Oh yeah, it makes it, those, it makes yeah. the prequels more watchable too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it gives uh, it gives a lot of depth to his character, and then you know, because you hate him in those prequels, right? You don't hate him after watching Clone Wars. At least I don't. No, it fills in that it fills in the time so beautifully, and it's so well written. And that was the one thing that Disney kind of fucked up because the Clone Wars was doing so well. I forget who owned it before, and then and basically Disney bought the Star Wars property, and then was like, "Okay, that's it. We're done with this Clone Wars thing. We want our own thing." Canceled, and they really fucked it up because it was such a good story. It wasn't done being told, and then they did uh, whatever the one they did after that, Rebels, 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 Rebels yeah. which the animation just like went way downhill, and the story was okay, but the animation was not as good. And then after Rebels, they've they have another one, and the animation is even worse. And oh. Ahsoka, like, one of the greatest Star Wars characters, I think. Yeah. I love her. And isn't, sorry, and you know what? Even that thing I just described of Obi-Wan versus Darth Maul, I think that actually happens in Rebels, doesn't it? Because it's the same showrunner and like everybody behind it, Dave Filoni. And so I think they just carried on the stories they didn't finish in Clone Wars into Rebels. In fact, I think mm, how that's... I don't remember. Yeah, I think if you looked that up, that Obi-Wan versus Darth Maul scene, I think it actually happens in Rebels. So... Anyway, I'm excited um, for if he's going to come back in the Obi uh, Obi Wan show. Sure, why not? Sure. Everyone loves Darth Maul. Yeah, killing him in the first episode, like the way they did. Mm -hmm. I always understand what George Lucas was trying to do, which was like you didn't want to have a villain that was as big as Darth Vader in the prequels because that would have taken away. So in each movie, you get a new villain. And then you're fucking General Grievous. General, yeah. why is he? He's a fucking I robot. Know. Because in the Clone Wars, the orig originally the Clone Wars cartoon was like a hand-drawn animation, and it was great. There's like two of them, two little mini-series that are really, really good. I own both those on DVD, actually. I enjoy them very much. And in that, they, they kind of do a really good job of bridging the gap between episodes two and three. And um, then they were like, oh, these are good. Let's crap this out into this major, long ongoing forever which computer so animation did, thing which you guys really love which I don't love that much and then there's a really great scene where um, Mace Windu is chasing General Grievous and Force pushes him and it like caves in his chest mm -hmm. and that's why he's coughing but he's a robot but he's got like actual biological things inside of him don't you know about General Grievous he's like a Terminator 
You're supposed to love this prequels. You don't know about General Grievous? He's like an alien. The insides of an alien that was a good general for this like species of alien. So they gave him human lungs. Yeah, and he like was no, he was like dying or something. So they took his brain and his other organs and put him into a robot body. What you need is the brain. Come on. So he would be this like ah, this so great have general. A cough. Anyways, that's why he was coughing, and because all the villains in the prequels were supposed to be like a single element of what you liked about Darth Vader. And so that's why they killed off them all, like, Look you know, right away after one uh, movie. And so Darth Maul, I guess, yeah, that was a shame. They killed him off and everyone loved him. This what they should have done is, like, built him up over mm-hmm. the course of three movies yeah. so they had some a little bit of emotional weight to any of the villains in those prequels. Brian has not said anything for five minutes. He had his head on the back of his chair for a minute. Art has just left. I don't know what's going on. Um, but I will just say, Are no you reason. not entertained? The, uh, the, the Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, show will take place eight years after Revenge of the Sith and thus 11 years before A New Hope. Which I don't know how that's going to, like, he's going to have to do a lot of aging in those 11 years. Like, some shit's got to happen to Obi-Wan yeah. for him to end up looking like Sir... Alcanus. Well, it's kind of the same thing with Dumbledore, right? Right. Yeah, that's true. Dude, Law, whatever the fuck that was. Maybe Richard Harris. What is maybe Chinese? Like that's how Chinese people age. They look young, 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 ancient. So, new Terminator Dark Fate trailer. Has everybody seen it? No. Yes. Yes. Okay. Some people seen it. Thoughts? Because I actually have some thoughts on this. I always, with a Terminator movie, I'm always, like, I look at the trailer and be like, that looks pretty good. <laughs> and then you go and watch the movie. So, like, I saw Genesis, and I was like, uh, that looks pretty good. Yeah, and then I yeah. saw Genesis, and then, uh, you know. That was not but good. I'm, I'm holding out hope for this one just because of the return of some of these major characters. Uh, I have my theory in terms of what's probably going to happen, especially to Edward Furlong's character. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, I think he's going to die. Oh, that's uh, that's all the yeah. internet is saying yeah. anyway. Um, yeah, it looks it looks cool. It makes a little bit more sense. Like Gabriel Luna's uh, Terminator character makes a lot more sense than uh, Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines Terminator girl. With, oh, uh, yeah, Christina Loken. Christina Loken. The TX. So that. Uh, his Terminator makes a little bit more sense because if he can separate from the the skeleton, the metal skeleton yep. thing, the, and the mimetic, you know. the mimetic poly alloy can separate from the hyper alloy combat chassis, and you basically have two Terminators. So there's two of them. Yeah, that makes sense. Totally. So that's why he that's cool. ages. Well, that's no, no, no. We're not living... talking about Arnold. Oh, okay. But the T800 model, living human tissue over a metal endoskeleton, and yes, it ages like everything else. Yes. Okay. And then this trailer pretty much confirms that he is a Terminator, eh? So I watched Terminator. Oh, what? oh um, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Because I, I, I had my doubts. I was like, oh, what if he's just going to be like the human that what was What if it was the guy after? that, yeah. What, what is it that gives you the impression that this confirms that he's the... Well, the... he's like, he's got this badass scene where he's like well, shooting him in the face yeah. with a machine gun. That was pretty great. Terminator style, like he did in Terminator 2. Yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and also there's a point too where, well, actually this could go either way, where um, Linda Hamilton says to Arnold Schwarzenegger, is like, uh, I'm going to have to kill you when this is over, right? Yeah. yeah. Meaning like, yeah, you're the last Terminator or whatever. Yeah. And he says, I understand. Yeah. yeah. Unless that could be like, I'm a scientist who will end up inventing the Terminator. I don't know. Maybe. I, we I already love... had that storyline. That yeah. was a DVD. Miles Dyson. Oh, wait. No, that's that. And then there was, a, Dyson, yeah. there was a, a DVD. 
I think it was for Rise of the Machines where a DVD um, extra. Yeah, it was yeah. just like an extra that I, I don't think is ever canon, but like um, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays this character, like Sergeant John Candy. And he's like this. He puts on the worst like American accent, like this kind of uh, really? yeah Yankee wow. accent. And he's he becomes the guy that is modeled after all the right. I have never seen this scene, although I've heard about it. Oh, it's horrible! It's yeah, horrible. I Maybe believe we it. should find it and put it in the show notes because <laughs> nice. it's it's so funny and cringy. But I guess that's not really canon. I was hungover on Saturday and watching a bunch of movies. Some very bad, some very good. Did you watch Kung Fu Panda? No. <laughs> Although that would have been a good one. Uh, but Terminator Judgment Day was one of the movies we watched, a few of us there. And nice. Man, it holds up, and it is good. Really good. The YouTube comments on the trailer for Dark Fate are like, come on, you guys, you have tried four times now to make a sequel to Terminator 2. Cause, and, and again, this is supposed to be in the universe. This is supposed to be the next chapter, the one that immediately follows Terminator 2. Gigantic robot shoes to fill. And I'm I'm slightly... Less hype. Less hype. Yeah, just a little bit. I, I don't know. It just I'm just not sure. They're showing a lot of the same kinds of things in this trailer, and I just I, I, I'm, I still want that spark or hint that it's going to be a good movie. I, I want it. I desperately want it to be a good movie. Yeah. Um, and indeed, this concept of splitting the two uh, Terminators was great. There's this really quick scene, probably in the Future Wars, where you've got that one... Um, uh, that one Terminator that separates itself and the other one sort of takes off like a loping, you know, cougar or something. And he's got the, the spiky arms uh, like that looks badass. But I just, again, the future war sequences are generally the best part of any of the Terminator movies. And you can't make an entire movie out of that as much as the public has wanted that. And as much as that one movie tried to. Yes. With, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, What's his name? Um, I think you just got to get the tone. Salvation. Yeah. I, yeah. And I think Terminator Salvation did have it, but I. That's one of the movies I'll say, the few movies I've ever watched that I thought Christian Bale ruined because I thought he overacted John mm -hmm. Connors. And yeah, I don't, he's never done that in any other movie that he's in. So, See, for me, that was a Sam Worthington show. You know, Christian Bale was in it, uh, but it was really about Sam Worthington's portrayal yeah. of Marcus Wright. Uh, and I like that young Kyle Reese, too. Oh, he was great. Rest, and Anton rest, Yelkin. Yeah. Yeah, I I think yeah. There's a lot going on in these trailers, and certainly like, but like you're saying, the action looks really rad. That scene did get me, where he's like just blasting the other Terminator in the face. Oh, like, yeah. oh, that seems to me like that's classic, over the top, um, awesome Terminator style, like violent action. And I like, I'm down for that. I think what's gonna maybe hurt it. It's like it's a gamble that the studios are making right now is these soft element or these soft reboot elements. Mm -hmm. So having your Hamilton and having your Furlong and having your Schwarzenegger in yeah. there and trying to make it, you know, it's like again, okay, sequel to kind of trying to make, make it a very direct sequel, but that does feel like all the soft reboots that we've seen before. Yeah. And I think that maybe there's a little bit of fatigue setting in with that formula that is going to just bump us ever so slightly. And I think weirdly, these Terminator movies are so delicate. As we're watching them, it's like, whether or not it's an enjoyable movie, it's either so great and the best action movie of all time, or it's a complete trash nonsense failure. And they're delicate in that way. There's a delicate balance yeah. you got to run. Judgment Day, I thought, it had a lot of horror elements, and you got to bring yes. that yes. back. Okay, so and here's where I have hope. Gabriel Luna, basically. Because you had a short, a, like a slight-framed person in uh, the T-1000 and Robert Patrick and how he played that oh, character. So 
just a little unassuming guy who could throw around a big freaking T-800. Gabriel Luna, I think, same thing. He's got this very sort of unassuming, that, 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 that Terminator calm. It's just that uncaring sort of robot nothingness behind his eyes. I think he's playing that bit really well. And the infiltrator bit where he is blending in with everyone worse than the T-800 ever did. You know, my whole body's a weapon. That was a great lead into that, to that scene. I think Gabriel Luna, to me, this movie hinges on that and how well he does. Because, yeah, you're, you're right, Art. It was a lot of the, the suspense. It was a lot of the not action yes. that really got you on the edge of your seat for Terminator 2. Also, I was, I was gonna, well, I was going to say that exact thing is like, uh, we don't make action movies like that anymore with suspense. Action movies are glossy and nonstop. Yeah. And Terminator 2... Like there, there was stops. There were slowdowns. Yes. The pacing was really great. There's those scenes. Like I'm thinking of that scene where the T1000 is like, or the, um, the uh, Robert Patrick, whatever that. Yeah, the one. T1000. That's the T1000. Yeah. Talking on the phone, oh, right? Yes. And then imitating the voice and the person, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger's like, "Your parents are dead, right? Yeah, Your foster parents yeah. are dead." Like that's uh, that's a very slow, <sighs> methodical, so suspenseful well scene. And they don't do those anymore. They just no. don't put those in action movies anymore, unfortunately. 90s action films. Yeah. yeah. They still had those. See, T3, Rise of the Machines, tried to be all that. Freaking like Crane, Arnie hanging off cranes and running to buildings, that kind of thing. That was just all trying to be a big action flick. And Genesis, I thought, was, I think it tried to tell a bit of a cerebral story, but I think it was too much of the action, too. I thought Terminator Salvation came the closest to having human elements and a storytelling line, but there was no, there wasn't, there wasn't that overarching threat of a Terminator because it was all sort of in Marcus's mind. Mm. He was being manipulated the whole time and didn't even know it. And I loved that. I still really like Salvation as a movie, um, but it it is not like a Terminator movie. Yeah. I got high hopes, but I want to go and see it with you. Let's go first Tuesday. It's out. I, yeah, I would be definitely down for that. Right, I'm That'd down. I'm intrigued. I want to watch it. Good, good. Uh, that's a lot of Terminator talk. Let's uh, talk about opening reviews, uh, critical reviews for Joaquin Phoenix's Joker movie. Wow. Audiences in Vienna gave it an eight-minute standing ovation <laughs> because they are culturalist hacks. Fuck <laughs> you, who stands up for eight minutes and claps at a goddamn comic book movie? Shut up. I can't imagine. Like, I hope I eat my words. No, I hope I don't, actually. I, I hope I'm proven right. This is over the top for this Joker movie. Stop of it. Was half of those eight minutes? Stop of it. So four of them were for Heath Ledger? Come on, man. This is bonk. I'm I'm mad. I'm excited to watch it, but I'm going to be mad the whole time. I had a very interesting conversation about this Joker movie yesterday with someone in this building. I'm not going to name who. I'll Ooh. be the judge of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who's it? No, just he was telling me. He, so it's a he. Caleb. Caleb. Yeah. he was telling me why he was interested in this movie. Who talks to art? Caleb. <laughs> who talks to art? Nobody room. else talks to art. It's no. Caleb. It was Mary. No. Uh, <laughs> but he was trying to tell me all the reasons why he was excited about this Joker movie and didn't and and he doesn't give a shit about any of the other superhero movies that are out there. Okay. So this brings something to that viewer that the other films don't bring, that character study. And I'm trying to tell him that I don't give a shit about the character, mm. the Joker's backstory. That's why I don't like this movie. I don't like the idea. You of haven't this even movie. seen this movie yet. I know, though. and I'm sure it's going to be fine, but I just question the why do we need it, right? I think it looks good. I'm still on the camp that it looks good, and we're going to go back, and we're going to listen to that podcast 
from wherever long time ago when I said this is going to be the first DC movie that I like. I am sad that the reviews are coming in so hot and positive already because I really would have preferred to go in there with low expectations and be pleasantly This surprised. is also sort of weird, and I feel like this is like a DC ploy um, because their movies have underperformed constantly. Because if you see something like Endgame... I mean, it's it's hard to compare this to Endgame, but like when you see something like that, they have a press embargo. Like the press don't get to see that movie yeah. till the day before, which I usually. love. I think that's great. Um, and and then they have a press embargo until the movie is released, and then they're allowed putting out their reviews. It's because they don't need it. Marvel doesn't need no. it. No, DC needs this so hype. I feel like yeah, that's kind of what's going on here. Is that you know, that's why I, anything yeah. like that? I. You know, yeah, have they I, paid these people? I like it's. I don't always trust them. Like I, I don't always trust those. Like oh, the eight minute standing ovation mm-hmm. or whatever, because it just seems over the top. One of the funniest things I read, and I was trying to find it just before um, the pod, and actually just now when you guys were talking about uh, what was it you were talking about. Star Wars stuff, I think. Um, <laughs> Glass over <laughs> Star Wars stuff. Well, I was trying to find because there were some tweets that were about the the Joker uh, screening in Venice that were obviously joking and lying and over the top. Like, <laughs> oh, really? it was so funny. It's, and there's a whole series of these. So if you kind of look Twitter and you find them, but there's it's like, just like there was a standing ovation for eight minutes and everyone was sobbing yeah. and we threw our hats in the one air. Of them, I, I was trying to find this one. It was like about... Stripped off our clothing because our being and was... It's exactly unknown. like that. So okay. there's this one where it's just like, I, I, we immediately went out of the screening and I found this old lady on the street and, and I kissed her. her. Oh, okay. I shook her and told her how great the Joker movie is, and she was so shocked that she dropped her groceries, and it was like, wow. it went on and on, and I was like, this is hilarious. But at the same time, I, I don't know, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing this take on it, mm-hmm. so kind of like as excited as, as you are, Kirsten, I'm also the, you know, of, of I see your guys' point in that, it's like, ah, yeah, this is like a Joker movie in that like he turns into the Joker because of society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, it's like When's Batman going to show no. up? <laughs> there was a Ooh, one just tweet you about wait. that too where it's just like um the my favorite part of the Joker movie is the scene where he he, he says I hate ba- I hate that Batman guy. And then somebody says, well, Batman doesn't exist in this movie. And he goes crazy and becomes the Joker. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Oh, yeah. I just, I don't know. um, I'm sure that Joaquin Phoenix does a masterful performance. For sure. I'm super sure about that. But things that I've read about it that are more critical and more like even-handed criticisms rather, rather than just standing up and clapping for eight straight minutes, they're talking about how... It's trying to make a point, but doesn't really know how to make it. It's very sloppy. It's like it's a sloppy um, criticism of culture and society and yeah, all these things. It's about the emptiness of our culture. <laughs> right. And it's just like, get over yourself, dude. <laughs> right? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I Look, at, I lo- you know I love more cerebral movies, and obviously I love comic book movies. And if that is both of those things, maybe I'll be surprised and that it's a really enjoyable thing to watch. But... 
as far as like that character who I've grown up loving, I loved the Jack Nicholson as Joker and then Heath Ledger again, of course. But those guys were my Joker. Those guys were just cackling madmen, right? Not this like poor guy who's at a rough go of things and is just forced into doing and being this person. Like that's not what the Joker is and should be. I'm so sorry. Uh, and that's that I think is what's going to bug me the most. And the fact that it's Again, it feels to me like a poor imitation of what Heath Ledger did from scratch. They're just taking that recipe, being like, we're just going to change it a little bit. It's a different Joker, a different guy, and, <laughs> and trying to cash in on that again. But again, having none of the cool factor, none of the villain villainousness. No good. It's not going to be the, the great performance that I want. I'm sorry. You should have done it. Yeah, I'm not excited for it at all, to be honest with you. I think it could be a good movie, but... I like. I'm not rushing out to see this movie. Oh, okay. I won't rush, but I'll see it. Yeah. Also, I'm gonna rush. I I actually cannot wait to see it and and see whether I'm proven right or wrong in my own brain. Yeah. I cannot enough. wait to see that for I sure. I just think I know all the beats, like you just said. Yeah. All the beats right there. And I think also, like a neat thing. You're doing a neat thing, but do it with a different character. Maybe. Why couldn't Joaquin Phoenix have been the Riddler? Or somebody else, you know what I mean? Like some the penguin even. I don't know. But who we could Jim ever Joker again? top Jim Carrey's Riddler? <laughs> Obviously the pinnacle of cinema. Oh boy. <laughs> Can we he talk about a trailer that did come out this <laughs> that morning? Onesie? <laughs> Let's talk about a trailer that did come out this morning. Uh Bad Boys for Life. Oh Bad Boys Three. We got a trailer for that? Awesome. Yeah, it came out this morning. Brian and I rushed to watch it together. And, and- it's every bit of what I expected. It's everything we want in a bad boy's <laughs> movie. Including the P. Diddy songs. Lots of swearing, too. Yeah, it was a, it was uh, an R-rated trailer. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I got everything I wanted. It looks like almost Have you guys circled around to of... that in your guys' movie nights yet? No. Is that what's happening? Well, you're, you're involved when that happens, right? Well, no, I can't. That's cheap, though. I can't just go to like a movie night when I when it's my turn to pick the movie and oh, then sure fuck off. Sure, you can. I feel like other people are going to do. Well, that. you guys are invited to my house to watch Bad Boys anytime. Yeah, uh, Bad Boys, Bad Boys Three, and I tell you, Will Smith is still looking pristine. I believe it. Yes, <laughs> too small. Piece- Although Martin okay. Lawrence, right. not so much. He's looking a little chub chub. <laughs> Okay, that's judgy. All right, uh, what let's he was? <laughs> you think he would have hit the gym and done? You, you would have thought so. He's about to do yeah. a huge movie here with his buddy Will Smith, and he's um, yeah, looks like he ate a few too many cheeseburgers. Oh mm-hmm. boy! So two pieces of. But he ate them. He didn't drink them. Oh, okay, let's just can't drop drink that. cheeseburgers either. Newsish, not really newsish, just things. Uh, the Watchmen HBO show now has release date, which will be Sunday, uh, October twentieth. That's when that show is going to start. And two Netflix series are now dropping the whole binging thing and will go weekly instead of all at once. Well, kind of. The Great British Baking Show is going to go weekly. And then Rhythm and Flow is going to be dropped uh, with four episodes the first week, three the next, and then three the next because there's a, you know, it's a surprise. We want to see who wins the thing. Quote Netflix, but not happening with more shows than that. Good, good, <laughs> good. Why Very good? Eloquent. Because that's like that's Crave's thing. Stay with your thing, Netflix. Stay in your lane. You drop the whole <laughs> series. <laughs> Stay in your lane. You know that's your thing. Why? Why move just because someone I else is doing it? It's a tactic though, because like if they do it with more shows, it's definitely more. Like say if they did Stranger Things the next season and it's a it's a weekly. Mm-hmm. 
that's tactic to try to get you to keep your subscription longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course. Because you can just sign up, either sign up for that 30-day trial and then binge it that one weekend and then be done and then cancel your cancel your trial or or whatever. But Have some self-control, people. You know, like I can watch one episode of are you talking to, and Are you talking to the Netflix. consumer or are you talking to Netflix? <laughs> I'm right? talking to the consumer, you know, like. Come on, Paul. You can just no, watch but then like as group. a consumer mm-hmm. though, as a consumer, would you rather pay maybe thirteen dollars for one month and be done with the show that you've watched, or would you rather pay an extra thirteen dollars for the next month because you're going to st- try to spread it out over a weekly basis? Yeah, I don't know that people even think of it like that, though. I think they just think they pay $13 a month for the rest of time. I I think it's going to be the exception to the rule of someone who's going to jump in and watch a particular show and then jump out. I'm sure they are there. I think they're thinking about that more now that there's so many other options that are available to them, including Disney Plus is coming out in November. You you can't say there's a right way or a wrong way to do it, you know? It's like... uh, Sure you can. Listen to books and not reading them. (laughs) Participation ribbon. Country hamburger. Not in this case, bud. Sorry. Um, but like, and we're back. <laughs> yeah. No. It's like, uh, but there is there is something to be said for like when you do, as Art say, uh, have a little bit of self control and space things out over a week at a time, um, rather than binging them. You're just not consuming it. I don't think uh, on the same level. When you're just blasting through, I disagree. I know you love your binge, Carson. No, I don't. I don't love my binge though. I usually like. I like to have several TV shows on the go to um, like give myself some space between it between um, what I'm watching because like I like doing like the hour drama and then the half an hour whatever. Right. Um, Except, and we're gonna get to this in a second. I binged The Dark Crystal over the weekend, and now I'm back on like. I was just like, fuck yeah, like binge everything. It's way better experience. Wow. Uh, Okay. Get to that in a second, Interesting. Okay, because I like I really like spacing it out. Even if it's only like one episode per night, I just think it gives your brain more time to digest it and get ready for the next thing. Maybe it's just a fantasy thing, because like me living in that world of the Dark Crystal for ten hours, I was like, yo. Nice. Yeah. So, do we have anything else to talk about? Because otherwise, we're going to go to Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance for reviews and recommendations. Has anybody not watched it? I only watched the first episode. I watched okay, so the first I'm, two episodes. I'm, I'm with Paul. I've seen the first episode. Oh. Art seen two. How many of you seen? Brian? I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't watched it yet. Okay, so Brian is the uh, the outlier, and Chris has seen them freaking all. Ten hours. Dang. Of that. But I won't spoil anything. No, of I course think, not, because like, we'll hurt you. Yeah, I think like the only like disclosure I'll put on like is like I, I won't spoil anything, but like um, what am I trying to say? Um, I don't know. Like I'll talk about. Episode. I'm not going to spoil any plot points, but there's like a couple things that I do. I want to talk about that I don't know. Are you just talking about like mechanics kind of thing or like aspects of the yeah, show? Yeah, mechanics, sure. Okay, like sure. aspects, so not spoilers. Anyway, Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance, prequel prequel series on Netflix to the movie, the uh, amazing groundbreaking movie, which um, from watching a lot of Defunct Land, uh, with Kevin Perjurer on YouTube, <laughs> which is, by the way, an amazing YouTube series, uh, sounded like absolute heck on wheels for poor Jim Henson to get uh, to get made. Um, but yeah, the, the prequel series has been amazing. This one episode that Paul and I have seen and the two that, uh, that Art have seen. Because we're back, majority, to practical effects. And holy lightning, it makes a huge difference. Because as great as computers are, our, our brains are still better computers. And we still are able to tell, even if we can't tell 
you know, literally, more intrinsically, we can tell that something is not a real thing. Mm -hmm. And it sets us off. And for the most part, we're watching real things here. And it is the detail and the the, the puppetry work in, in here, just incredible to me. And I've seen one hour of it. So a little Blown bit of backstory away. on yeah. this um, series. That originally, um, the Henson Company came to Netflix and they're like, we'd like to make this prequel, la la la. Netflix was like, okay. And they, they wanted to do it animated. And then uh, the head of it, Netflix was like, well, the thing is, we were talking about this earlier, uh, when you have a property that has such, is so like beloved and has so many things that fans like it with them, you want to do those fans service. And so to make an animated TV series wasn't going to do that. So the head of Netflix, whatever, called the Henson Company back and was like, well, how much would it cost to do with puppets? And wow. they were like, uh, we can do it, but it's fucking expensive. Um, and they went back and forth. And there's actually a really interesting um, test video. You can watch It's in the uh, documentary. They have this. Uh, it's called the uh, it's, it's on Netflix, too. It's like the making of the Dark Crystal, the Age of Resistance. Um, and they have a test thing where in 2016, they were actually trying to do it with puppet Skeksis and animated gelflings. Oh, so, really? Like CG gelflings? CG gelflings. Oh, wow. And, and you can watch it. And, and they did this test thing and they showed it to Netflix. And because they were trying to, because it's so expensive. Because the thing is, you got to hire your voice actors, you got to hire your puppets, you got to make everything. Pr like, it's huge. Yeah, the sets with the false floors and everything. So all they of were that. thinking, like, okay, well, we'll do the CGI. And they did the test, and exactly what you said, Bud, they were like, it didn't work. Like, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter how right. realistic we made the Gelflings look it, it, with the puppet. Like, it just, if you drop a fake character in with practical effects, it's not great. And so then no. Netflix was like, here's all our money, please. <laughs> make, make this fucking thing. Um, uh -huh. But it's just absolutely crazy. And one of the things I really like about um, the credits in this is... They credit the voice actor and the puppeteer as well. You should on the on the same level because it's like weird. it's amazing watching like the the background and the work that these people do. And you think like other than like Team America, World Police, like <laughs> what have these you know puppeteers? How what more could you want to work on right. than yeah. the Dark Crystal? Like yeah. Jim Henson's like culminating yeah. thing, and like the Henson Company and all his daughters are all involved in it. That's and, cool. Yeah, you're right. In the credits, it'll show the actor's mm -hmm. name and then the puppeteer's name per character. And I think that's brilliant. That's definitely the way it should be. The other thing that they did, which I I didn't know till I watched the behind the scenes, is so this company that they went to um, do the CGI when they had the CGI Gelfling with the real Skeksis pu puppets. Uh, when they went back and they were like, well, we're not going CGI, the company was like, oh, fuck our money. And they're like, okay, wait, wait, well, let's show you what we can do. And they took um, the puppets and just put like a little bit, like like exaggerated their expressions a little bit with CGI. Oh. So there's like a very tiny, tiny bit of CGI on some of the puppets' faces for their expressions. But that's interesting because I was that was one thing that in watching the Dark Crystal the movie, mm -hmm. I found the faces sometimes weren't expressive enough because you don't have enough mm -hmm. travel time yeah. or travel distance with the mouth. And I always thought there could be a bit more expressiveness. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I was blown away. With, with like the texture of the skin and just for just like a split second they didn't overdo it they didn't zoom in on it anything a tear fell from the mm. farmer's wife's eye and it's just like wow that is really cool cgi or no it was just it was just enough for enough for enough to just like get you um but i'm not noticing like and if it's happening i'm sure it's happening i'm i haven't seen any uh, anything like that where it's like 
practical effects augmented by mm-hmm. CG. But what a cool way to do it. Mm-hmm. What a great idea. Yeah, I definitely recommend checking out the behind the scenes. Like, it's just absolutely phenomenal. Like, the artistry involved in this. Mm. Like, all these people are basically, like, at the apex of their careers like the puppeteers and the everyone behind the scenes the fucking voice cast of this is insane yeah Yeah, it is it's like a who's who of like anyone right now this was the thought i was having when i was like listening to the voice i'd like back up a bunch of times because i was like looking it up um after it was over and i was just like i was just really impressed i was Mm -hmm. like did they get the same Voice actors that they did because I had right. recently watched the the movie the right, cha- the and then I'm looking. It's like Mark Hamill is uh, the scientist yeah. Skeksis. What the fuck? And I feel like good go back, rewatch a scene where he talks a bunch, and then yeah. be like. Oh yeah, there he is, and it's like Simon Pegg is the Chamberlain. The Chamberlain. Yeah. He does what? His voice, holy, because he sounds like the Chamberlain. Absolutely, yes. like, it's amazing. Absolutely, the like that noise he makes the like yeah. is yeah, spot yeah. dead on i yeah. was like oh. they just lift it from the original yeah. movie where frank oz did it or whoever incredible voice like do i, I need to watch it. the movie before i watch the show no no okay. no um the other one that that i was really surprised and i like her voice acting in this like i was blown away is uh what's her name Nat- natalie emmanuel miss M- oh yeah, yeah who plays deet it plays deet like she she's got like she doesn't just like, because also, like, my favorite Taryn Edgerton is in it, right? <laughs> but he just, like, plays Taryn Edgerton, like, whatever. But her voice acting is deep. Like, it's so beautifully done. And, like, she's, you can tell, like, like who her character is. Yeah. Like, she's very, um, not naive, but, like, you know, like. Well, but she is. She's yeah. been living underground her whole life. Yeah. Oh, and man, and her, is about to head her surface. Her performance side. is a. Uh, amazing it's so good like everyone involved like the the puppeteers like um the guy that does the puppet for the chamberlain Mm -hmm. like he even has like you know like the little head tilts and everything Mm -hmm. down from the like it's just phenomenal like the first episode i watched it with johnny not a fan of the original dark crystal because i made him watch it like whatever a month ago like it it was weird it was like a cocaine fueled like what the fuck like oh this is what was that line again it was like oh the journey will will be long i don't want to do this all right okay. then, let's go. Well, like, it was like it didn't. It was fucked up. Yeah. Um, but the first episode, he was like, mm, I don't know if I want to watch this. But if you get two to three episodes in, like the plot is great. It's got great beats. It has really good surprises in it. See, I don't need to hear that. I was hooked from the first five minutes. Yeah. You know, just like okay, I'm yeah. in. Yeah. They've done it right. They've done like they've done such a good job on this like amazing yeah what what i got off of uh even like you said by the first five few minutes of this show was it was like uh okay the original movie you can tell they were really just trying to get these fucking puppets working mm-hmm. and try and make this world come to life in a practical way and that was such an intense job that you know a lot of the plot elements a lot of the, like <laughs> logistical things <laughs> Didn't make sense and was a cocaine fueled nightmare. That yeah, all came yeah, from like, yeah. hurry up, let's do, plow a bunch of blow and then just like <laughs> bang out this script and let's, you know, so it can be filmable with the limitations of the technology as we're inventing it as we go, which yeah. is in itself its own achievement. Like the movie should get props for that, but it is now uh, kind of from a narrative sense, an unwatchable nightmare. <laughs> Whereas with this show, I was like blown away that. The technology now is to the place, and the effort, and the budget, and all that stuff, and the knowledge they probably gained from just doing the movie, they are able to flesh that mythology and world building out mm-hmm. to a place that feels real and lived in, and the different 
you know, like versions or, or like uh, sects, I guess, or whatever it is, of the different types of Gelflings. Like, and that they're, you know, it's like in the original movie where there's two Gelflings yeah, left in like, the whole wide world. Yeah. Right? And then and we now don't know where, they, yeah, where they come from or anything like that. No. And now it's like you see their societies and their, like, the, uh, all the like, different all the ones hierarchy. Of them. Yeah, yeah, they've yeah. fleshed out a beautiful fantasy world with this from that original movie and i understand yeah. like the dark crystal has a huge cult following so there's like lots of like books and stuff you can read on this but just to like take that property that people loved uh in the 80s is kind of turned into this cult thing now and add so much like color and depth and yes. like oh detail it's, it's so it's so fucking good the opening in the first episode i was like this is this is cool. You know who the yeah. voice actor is? No. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. She's the myth speaker. Yeah. I, I just love how they like set up the whole entire world and everything yeah. like that. I just, yeah, I was in. I want to ask a question, and I don't know if I want to know the answer, but I'm desperate to know, and you can tell me, if the mystics uh, appear in this uh, miniseries. And you can, I don't know if I... The Uru? Okay, yeah, yes. thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, mystics you, are, the mystics make an appearance. And one of the other things I wanted to say, like, it's not a spoiler, but it's a mechanical thing. Like, there's a scene that they do uh, when they the puppets have puppets oh wow and it's just like <laughs> jeez fucking ridiculous and so well done and apparently like they the person that they got to do it was like this kid that they found on youtube who amazing. does amazing like, puppeteering just with his fingers that's so it's cool just, it's just a, like such a cool art that unfortunately i don't really know much about that's but great. i really like appreciate uh, the work that goes into it you and watching to. the behind the scenes is just crazy and yeah and I I enjoyed it, binged it. I loved being in that world for ten hours. That's yeah. the thing with fantasy is like there's so much. There's so much that you can look at and see and enjoy that's not that's a, aside from the story that's going on in front of you. See, that's interesting. I like to binge through dramas, and I like to let fantasy breathe because mm -hmm. I like in between the episodes. I like to just think about what I've seen, place myself in the world, and then come back for more. I, maybe it's maybe it's because I want to spread it out, and maybe it's because I want to plow through dramas, I don't know. But that's just interesting how we're sort of opposite that way. The one hard thought I did have about, even just the first episode I was watching it, is as I'm watching it, I'm watching it, maybe it has something to do with the CGI faces or whatever you were saying, Kirsten. I don't really know, or maybe that could have done, been done more, but... I didn't really want to fuck any of the Gelflings. <laughs> and you well, shouldn't want to fuck the Gelflings. There's a fuckable Gelfling coming up. Is there? Yeah. Oh, it's I weird. So. Like, are not... you kidding me? Is this what we're talking about? <laughs> There's these hot elven oh, creatures. Christina, are like, you kidding me? Well, it's like, Skeksis is supposed to be really oh, ugly. Gelflings yeah. are supposed to be really cute, right? Like, happening. you should want to fuck them. And I didn't. I didn't want to. I feel like Something about is. their faces or something is like, not quite human enough for me to want to fuck. But Kirsten said you said there's a fuckable one. There's a fuckable one coming up. Okay, then I'm going to watch that. Actually. Fuckable, really? I you think guys, there's a fuckable one coming up. Maybe not like the a boy dude, one like, or a girl one. A girl one. Okay. There's a girl okay. fuckable one coming up. Well, bud, you up. gotta have something you're attracted to when you're watching. No, do you so really? Wrong. No, I don't. But bud, they're supposed to be beautiful creatures. Oh, like what? Yeah. So I just accept them as being though. beautiful creatures. You don't not, need to... That's what I'm saying. They're not that beautiful. I don't want to fuck them. <laughs> the boys or the girls. It doesn't beautiful matter. I just like boys are really weird looking. Yeah, there's like something that's just like. Uh, okay, like I'm rooting for you, but I don't want to fuck you at the end of this. I don't know what podcast I'm <laughs> yeah, doing anymore. Weird, right? Lord. Did you find that too, Kirsten? Yeah, I did. Ten episodes? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, eventually. What? What? Okay. The only last thing I'll say about fucking <laughs> Gelflings. Go on. No, is, uh, is the, the one negative criticism I can give it is the action sequences look a little bit like puppets like how it's like the oh. team america world police when they're fucking oh, no. see they're like, like when they're fucking just like and that whole sex scene right one of like the greatest sex scenes in the history it's like of that uh, the action scenes 
uh, you know, they do like a lot of camera shaking. <laughs> but, but I mean, I can't really fault them because the rest of it is so fucking beautiful and it's like a technical achievement and I'm just, I'm so proud of them. Do we have anything else to say besides you? <laughs> I've got a couple. About the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Oh, no, not, not about that. Okay, any, then uh, are we done with Dark Crystal? Okay, other things, Return please, Brian, to, save us. This is turn oh, wait, I have one more thing to say about the dark. Fuck of yes. oh, speaking, of, speaking of fucking, I have one more thing about the dark okay, crystal. Go ahead. First, I, I watched the dark crystal, and then uh, I saw like one of those stupid memes come up on Facebook, and it was like, the name of the last TV show you watched is the name of your vagina, and I was like, dark this crystal. Dark crystal. Oh, age of resistance. Age of resistance. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have three very quick ones. Right. One, uh, I was on vacation, so I finally got to finish Cobra Kai. Yes. Fuck, you're right. Because Art came to me like a couple weeks ago. And was like, did you finish Cobra Kai yet? It escalates. <laughs> it escalates. It's uh, yeah. If you haven't watched Cobra Kai yet, uh, season two is pretty fucking good. Yeah, and, and there's so like funny. a little bit of a lull in the middle of that season. A I little think. bit, but then it ends like a house on it's fire. It's funny how. It's it's so fucking corny, but yeah. it's so fucking good. Right? It shouldn't it's, work. It's, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be that good. It should not work, but it does. But hasn't heard any of this because he still thinks we're saying fuckable. No, we're done. Okay. No, we're no he doesn't want. I, I thought you just didn't want Cobra Kai spoilers. I don't want Cobra Kai spoilers. No. Oh no 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 no! I just said we. I, I didn't spoil anything. I just said it's it's very good. Awesome. So, I, and then he I, wants to fuck a lot of the people. To, oh, but it's okay. funny because I did I read know. the I did read about the Comic Con panel and they've got some plans for season three. <gasps> Awesome. So, okay, I gotta finish season two. Um, and then uh, the second one I wanted to talk about. Well, just a really quick one because I, just because I watched it while I was on my vacation was the the third season of Thirteen Reasons Why. Oh, I heard which, it was terrible. It's not as good. Yeah, and it's it's funny because like I appreciate a lot of the things, like a lot of the themes that they're getting out there and trying to talk about things. Like, um, you know, they they really they really talk like. Um, hone in on you know the topic of like sexual assault and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff, and a lot of the things they're trying to do I appreciate, but it it they did it and in and around this like teenage crime solving mystery solving oh, kind of drama that Scooby -Dooby it just really that part of it didn't didn't work. That's one of those shows that like that, Paul's theory of you should have one season. Or maybe two, as long as you have a plan. Like, that should have been put and in. And that's the thing, is when they came out, so they were the first one, I was like, wow, this is actually very interesting. And, and it had like a great, it lives like, up to the hype. to it, Yeah, right? and, it, like, and it had a great yeah. stick to it. And then when they announced that they're going to do a season two, I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then money, I but guess. But they did a season two, and it was like, oh, okay. They expanded on the story a bit. They had a couple, they had a very horrible scene that I can't unwatch mm. in season two. Even worse than the horrible scene in season one. Like where she kills herself. Yeah, that's so not really spoilers. a spoiler, but like, so <laughs> no. the whole thing is about. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of an unwatchable scene, uh, and I believe if you're watching that now, they've taken that out. What? Yeah. Something like that? Are yeah. you kidding? No, 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 that yeah, was yeah. like it was fucking hard to watch, but I thought it was like it was good to have in it, there. I thought, like, yeah, and you to know, see I, the consequences of her mm -hmm. like mum, like holy shit, well, and like her immediate like oh shit, yeah, oh shit, what did I do? Which that, is apparently yeah. What happens? It's like a lot of it, a lot is very common. Like yeah. when you talk to suicide survivors. So in the second season, it like in and around the last episode, or maybe the second to last episode, or something, it did. It it had a scene. It was like, 
Fuck, I okay. really wish I, I only got three that. episodes in and I was like, Meh. But then the way they, so like, the thing I liked about the season is that that particular character, mm. um, some of the acting is phenomenal in this. Like the, the actors that they, they cast for this are incredible actors and some of the actors that they cast for this are horrible actors. Mm. Um, but the, I, like that particular scene, that was the, the one scene um, that like, Nearly had me in tears. It was like really like emotional and really Ooh. well done. So, um, but other than that, yeah, like I think the the reviews for it, I think it's like forty two percent on Rotten yeah, Tomato. Yeah, it's not good. And I think it's it's pretty accurate. And I feel bad because I under I appreciate what they're trying to do. But if you're trying to see like a, a drama about what it's like to be a teenager, I think Euphoria is probably going to be the way to go. Yeah. Did you watch sense. Euphoria too? I've I've started it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm I'll I'll probably get to that in in another thing. But there's yeah. another show or movie. It's called I think it's called Seventh Grade or Eighth Grade, and I'll just throw it in there about yeah. a drama being a teenager. Hmm. Good hour about and twenty seven minutes. And it's watch. about being a teenager today. Like yeah yeah yeah. So it's that's... about being like a girl teenager and. Like anyway, it's just a phenomenal watch. Yeah, so throw that in the hat. Uh, and then the third thing, really quickly, was just to talk really quick about uh, *Fear the Walking Dead*. Mm. Uh, because and to to review or to to recommend it because of you know how we were talking about how *The Walking Dead* would be very interesting if it was an anthology. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think what *Fear the Walking Dead* is doing amazing right now is it's sort of turning it into an anthology obviously there's still the characters that you know and they're still going through their own shit and going through the thing but like every single episode this this in this latest season they've met a new character and have like you've learned about their backstory no shit and that turns it into a bit of an anthology where you're learning about this new character are you getting flashbacks to flesh that out um more so in dialogue, you're, you're, okay. you're hearing about a little bit more about their story in dialogue. You're not really hearing like or like watching their you know uh, their flashback. They're basically interacting with the current characters, but in the mean in the meantime, telling their story and their story and ends up affecting their decisions that they make in that episode. What I found from watching the original Walking Dead was like uh, something that became very very clear to me was that talk is cheap. Mm-hmm. And zombie makeup is expensive, <laughs> and so yep. a lot of it, and that's why it got so bogged down for me. Is there's a lot of long dialogue scenes that I did not care about. But I think these ones you'll find that is like you you care about the story a little bit more because it's just a new person that you're meeting and you're hearing about. Okay, right. And then there's obviously the the stringing season long storyline that they're trying to get to the end of, which I'll certainly say would be more interesting to hear a different, even if it's just dialogue, yeah. a different backstory of a different unique character every time mm-hmm. than just rehashing the same drama over and over well, again. Well, it's it's kind of the same thing. Like so, in season three or four or whatever, that episode. So that's the one where they're like in the prison and they're starting this war with the governor. Right, and then there's this one episode where you get to see an update on what the hell Morgan was doing, because right? he'd been right. missing all this time. That's right. And then he just came back for that one episode, which I think is like the best episode of The Walking Dead. You're right. Because it affects it affected Rick's decisions yeah. uh, moving forward. It affected like the, the the plot, and then Morgan had a chance to shine as an actor in that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think they're they're really honing in on here. Even though you don't necessarily know these new characters, mm-hmm. you're having these new characters come in, and that their actions and they're some pretty good actors that were being cast in these single episodes but their actions are affecting now the choices that these new characters or that these recurrent characters are making mm. gotcha. so that's all I'll recommend again the fear of the walking dead hmm. nice about for me 
Um, can I review something really quick? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's one of the biggest things that's going on on Netflix, I think, right now, and it is like very controversial. The Great British Baking Show? Yes, The yeah. Great British Baking Show. <laughs> when Tuffany uh, made <laughs> Curds and Whey. None of those I'm pies so... look enough to fuck, so. Oh, my. <laughs> Curds, uh, man, they're not for everyone. Uh, <laughs> no, um. What? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Um, it's the new Dave Chappelle stand-up special called oh, Sticks and Stones. Have any of you guys watched shit. it? Okay, what I want to say about this is, and I've seen a lot of people be very upset, people whose opinions I respect. Turn be, it off if you don't like it. Be very upset about some of the things that he says in the show. But I think, number one, I want to say that I completely, 100% support your decision to not like it and to take the things, the awful things that he's saying, on face value and write a shitty Facebook post and never support Dave Chappelle again and have your um, stance be fuck Dave Chappelle forever. If that's the way you feel, if you feel personally attacked by the things that he is saying and that's like speaks to your experience in a negative way, I completely support your stance. It's a free country. Do that. Okay, because he said some shitty things, and if you're taking them at face value, if you are the, are like a trans person or um, like a abuse survivor or an Asian person, those jokes feel like an attack. And if you don't want to support that, and you don't think that should be in the world, fine. Now, it is I think one of the greatest pieces of stand up, though, and this is what makes Dave Chappelle a genius at what he does and the greatest stand up comedian possibly ever is that he is saying those things that he intellectually knows are shitty, stupid, wrong stances, things to say. Because by saying them out loud, it is shocking and funny. When you put them in jokes, they are funny, and his number one thing that he's out there to do is to make people laugh, to make people have that visceral reaction. I was sitting on the couch the whole time. I kept looking over and just like... Being ashamed at what I was laughing at, yeah. but I couldn't help laughing at it. Yeah. And that is what makes a stand-up comedian great, I think. And I think that's an important distinction and thing to say about that special. I've been wrestling with it. I've watched it twice. Wow. Because I watched it, I laughed, I felt that, and then I saw people online having very legitimate criticisms with it, and I was like, oh no, am I bad? <laughs> watched it again. And laughed again. And still, like, just today, I'm just kind of getting around to, how do I really feel about this? And it's a hard one, because you're going to have people who, like, hate PC culture, use it as an example of, like, that's right, fuck PC culture. It's like, no, political, correct political correctness is important. This isn't what this is about. This is different. This is jokes. It's a different thing. Um, so I've been really wrestling with it. So thank you for letting me express it and getting this off my chest because I think it is a really great thing. You need to look at the layers uh, that are there and what the intent is and what the context is. And for a lot of people, I understand that's no good. I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it in stand-up. I don't want to do it in anything. But I think that especially in stand-up, you have to, and especially stand-up at that level, you have to look it deeper into those layers. And I think for Dave Chappelle, too, like even if you go back to his comedy special, Killing Me Softly, that's always been his style. He's never he's he's not reinventing the Dave Chappelle wheel. No. His his style is to sort of exaggerate that point of view that's pretty shocking, but also if you know who he is, it's obviously a joke. Right. And I think I think he's ramping it up. 
And oh, I yeah. think that the more backlash he gets for doing that, the more he's like, fuck you guys. It's really I'm perfect timing more. for him, I yeah. think. You know? How come? Just because there is so much media about all this stuff right now. He can come out there. Well, no news is bad news, so long as they spell your name right. It's funny what you said about layers, because, you know, layers, ogres are like layers, <laughs> Shrek movie, Eddie Murphy. I was thinking, because Eddie Murphy's the donkey, I was thinking... I haven't seen the Dave Chappelle thing, but this sounds a lot like the reaction that came out when Eddie Murphy Raw happened. Oh, yeah? Way back when. and You mean Delirious? Oh, I guess Raw, he has a lot more gay jokes in Raw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it was so shocking at the time. Um, and pretty tame, but, you know, by today's standards. But I think that was really what helped get him, you know, some noticed. I haven't seen it, so I, I can't speak to this at all. Uh, but I did want to say, Paul, I really, um, in your rant there, I really liked how up at the top, you you know, you gave everybody your feel to, you can feel that way. And I, I just wanted to commend you also on not using the word but. Like, yes. here's all this stuff. Good call. But here, because that, you know, it, it takes everything away that you just said. So I just want to say good job. Oh, thanks. I good job. I haven't had but, so. an accident. But, good no, job, but. Yeah. But, yeah. and now I'm going to watch it. And yeah. See because I, I think when you do look at it through those layers, he's, he's on your side, everybody. The people who are upset about the things he's saying, because he's making the points in a way that is showing you the absurdity of the points he's making. So That's if you're just, the hardest comedy to do. Yes. It's, because so many people in this day and age. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because so many people just take it at face value. And if you mm -hmm. take it at face value, horrific. <laughs> horrific things to say. But that's not what he's saying. He's I, the, saying, look how absurd it is to even say this. The best thing I read about it was, the best thing to do this weekend is write on Facebook, I watched the Dave Chappelle special today, and then turn off the comments. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that Dan Duvall? That's Maybe. Awesome. Yeah. Somebody, I saw well somebody liked Duvall. it. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's really good. So let's go to the Geek Out mailbag. Geek Out at the Zone.fm. See who wrote us this week. I see it was nobody again. That's great. Um, thank you for, you know, those who in past have uh, gotten in touch with us or left us a review on our podcast, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. Also, we have a Facebook page, which we have to have to have a Facebook group, I say, <laughs> looking at Paul. Uh, and the group is really so where you vain. can... That's nothing about vanity. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the group is where you can do a lot of uh, interactions and the Rob Cooks and the Mary Harrisons of the world give us some, some great info and some great debates and some great uh, chuckles. So you can like the page, join the group, rate, review, subscribe. And now let's have another uh, member of the Zone podcast family. I can't talk today. Say hello. Hi, I'm Webmeister Bud. I'm DJ Boitano. I'm Kirsten James. I'm Art Aronson. And I'm Paul Bocino. And the Zone's Geek Out podcast is where we get together each week and talk about geeky stuff like technology, movies, comics, TV, Harry Potter, Star Wars, and how much better Marvel is than DC. So much better. Come on, man. Captain America. Calm down, Art. You can find us wherever fine podcasts are sold or at thezone.fm slash geekoutpod. With new episodes each Friday, it's The Zone's Geek Out Podcast. Listen, please. Bye! Well, that sounded like a really good podcast to listen to. We should all listen to that podcast and all the other Zone podcasts Yay. at thezone.fm slash podcast. Yay! Kirsten James, where can we find you? On Instagram. Go to our Facebook page and oh, tell okay. us which golfing you want to fuck. Kirsten. None. I don't want to fuck any of them. Yeah, just wait. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because I didn't want to fuck them. Huh. Oh, this is a... Art Aronson. At Art Aronson. Paul. Just business. At Fox. Okay, I'm shutting you down. <laughs> God dang it. Brian. 
I'm at it's something about their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Brian. <laughs> DJ Boitano on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Boitano913. Don't start. <laughs> Don't start. With me. I'm White Meister Bun on all socials. This has been the Geek Out Podcast. Bye! The Geek Out Podcast is a production of the Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.